just don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, True Crimes and Story Times. I'm Kirsten. I'm Michelle. And if you're listening to this right now, that means it's probably Wednesday. Probably. Or after Wednesday. And it's my turn to upload for the week. I almost said I'm Kirsten. <laughs> Are you? No. No. You're, I just know that Michelle. that is like the order that things go uh-huh. in. So I was like playing it in my head while you were saying the intro and I almost went, I'm Kirsten. I was playing it in my head too. So, anywho, uh, I'm finishing up my urban legends that I've been doing. These are the last 10 of the 50 states in the United States. And we're starting off with South Dakota. Ooh. And I'm going to put a trigger warning on this one because it does talk about suicide. Not so ooh. So, if that triggers you, then skip this one. So, South Dakota. It is Walking Sam in the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. Near the Black Hills of South Dakota sits one of the largest Indian reservations in the country, the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. I almost said reservoir. It is home to the Oglala, Oglala, Lakota tribe. I don't know how to say that word. Pine Ridge, were you going to say something? (laughs) I was going to say, I think that's it. I think you got it. Is it Oglala? Oh, I mean, it's O-G-L-A-L-A. Oglala. Okay. Close enough. Pine Ridge has a long history of trauma. It's where hundreds of Lakota Indians were killed during the Wounded Knee Massacre, and it's currently one of the poorest counties in the United States. When it made headlines in 2015 for a spree of teen suicides, many began to suggest that darker supernatural forces were at work in Pine Ridge, citing the urban legend of Walking Sam. Between December of 2014 and March of 2015, there were 103 suicide attempts. Nine of those were successful, and none of the victims were older than 25. So all of these people, these 103 people, were younger than 25. Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah. Many died by hanging. That was a one of the most popular, I guess, ways that they were trying to commit suicide. Stuck in a crisis situation with no clear answers, many began to point to a sin- to a sinister forces. <laughs> That's not good grammar. Many began to point to sinister forces that has long existed in North American tradition and lore. Children raised in Lakota grew up hearing of, quote, suicide spirits or stick people or shadow people who attempted to lure adolescents from the safety of their homes at night. Though he goes by other names as well, most notably Tall Man or Stovepipe Hat Bigfoot. What? I don't know. Some of the stories describe Walking Sam 
as a seven-foot-tall figure with eyes but no mouth, sometimes wearing a stovepipe hat. Creepy. What is a stovepipe hat? Is it like a top hat? A stovepipe hat. Um, I don't know. You want me to Google is it? Is it like, yeah. I imagine a stovepipe hat as like, you know the hat that like Abraham Lincoln wears? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, but isn't that a top hat? It's essential. First picture, Abraham Lincoln. I knew it. I knew it. It's a top hat. It's literally just a big yeah. top hat. It's very it's large It's like an extended top hat. Top hat. <laughs> is it supposed to make him look taller? I don't know. I Abraham mean, that's Lincoln like a, was already pretty tall, that's wasn't like he? A, that's like a foot tall hat. That is pretty tall. It was pretty tall looking. Okay, anyways. When he raises his arms, one sees the bodies of previous victims hanging beneath. When teenagers hear him calling, he tries to persuade them of their worthlessness, encouraging them to kill themselves. Whether or not Walking Sam is real, something tra- tragic is going on at the reservation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's pretty messed up. That's a lot of kids. Yeah, 103. Under the age of 25. That's crazy. That is definitely something tragic for sure. happening. Next on my list is Tennessee. It is the boy in the bathroom at Pine Haven School. I was trying to think of the girl in Harry Potter that's in the bathroom. Oh, Moaning Myrtle. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> not the same. No, but not I quite was just, the same. I was just kind of not quite. <laughs> that's what first came to mind. Yeah. The Pine Haven School, located in Jamestown, is old and abandoned, and it's said to be haunted. A tragic story supposedly took place there, where a boy was cornered by a group of bullies in the bathroom and shoved into a mirror, which shattered and killed him. That seems a little far-fetched to me. Well, people know, when you when you break a mirror, it's bad luck. Well, period. this was immediate, I guess. Bad luck, because he died. Well, then the mirror probably captured his spirit. Mm-hmm. That just seems like so far-fetched. I don't know. Bullies are pretty rough. Pushed him into a mirror and you died? Because it mean, shattered? One of the pieces had to have just like got him right in the right spot. Through the eye. Or the stomach. And he bled out. Yeah. Or the eye. I mean. Or the throat. Regardless, he died. <laughs> he died. Murder, uh, murder. I was gonna say moral of the story. Murder of, murder the, story. of the story. He died. I have a murder of the story for you. <laughs> Watch out for my true crime episode on Friday. <laughs> it's a doozy. It's a doozy. <laughs> um, anyway, to avoid getting caught committing murder, the bullies decided to bury the body underneath the floorboards. Okay, but, um, their school was made out of wood because when I went to school, it was all concrete. Yeah. There's floorboards at the school. I guess. How long ago was this? It didn't say. Dang. Today, people say that if you go inside the school, you can see the reflection of the boy if you look in the mirror. But it doesn't stop there. He he will supposedly do to you what the bullies did to him. He will kill you by slamming you into the mirror and then pull you under the floorboard with him. Wow. So, um, just don't. Just don't go to Pine Haven School and look in the mirror in the boys' bathroom. Could you imagine going to that school and being a boy? And then every time you go to the bathroom, you're like, don't look in the mirror, don't look in the mirror. Yeah, he's going to get me. Mm -hmm. Up next is Texas, the candy lady. Ooh, I want candy. Uh, No, you don't. (laughs) Not from this lady. (laughs) As long as she doesn't drive a white van. 
She doesn't, but you still don't want candy from this lady. Okay, In the early 1900s, children in an unnamed rural... (laughs) Oh, God, There's that word again. (laughs) Don't even start, dude. An unnamed rural town... Look at you. You did it. Okay. It didn't sound right to me. It does. You did it. You, You did it right. Okay. Okay. In Texas, started to go missing, and the residents blamed it on the candy lady. Children began to go missing, yet no leads were ever found that would suggest they were kidnapped or ran away. The story says that she would go around leaving candy on children's windows, and eventually she would lure the kids out with notes attached promising more candy. See, that's that's where I would stop. Yeah. I'd be like, mm, if you're not bringing it to my window, bringing it to me, mm-hmm. I'm not coming to get it. She's like, here's a little bit. You want some more? I'd be Why like, don't you come, don't you, uh, come out here and I'll give you some. The story picked up steam when a farmer allegedly found rotten teeth on his farm and later found the body of a boy with his pockets stuffed with candy. Ooh. As some of the remaining children got older, they confessed to eating candy left on their windowsills with a note from the candy lady, so parents started to wonder if the other children perhaps had been poisoned. That worry was soon put to rest when someone actually turned up dead. Not a child, though. Hmm. But a sheriff's deputy who had been out investigating the disappearances. This is giving me Hansel and Gretel vibes. Oh, it does, yeah. Makes sense. I didn't make that connection. This deputy, his eyes had been stabbed out with a fork and his pockets were stuffed with candy. Jeez. While little is known about the origin of the story, some have speculated that the candy lady was real and that her name was Clara Crane. It's really rare for a woman to be a murderer. That is true. So. Not impossible. No, it's not impossible, but but it's mostly men, not Mm -hmm. women. So for, and her signatures to leave candy stuffed in their pockets. Mm Mm-hmm. That's creepy as hell. That gives me. Austin, I know you're listening. Do you still want to eat candy or no? (laughs) (laughs) Not from Clara Crane. What? Clara (laughs) Crane. (laughs) The candy lady. Okay. Number four is Utah. The Curse of Utah. Why does that sound so funny? Utah. 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 No, you short. I am short. No, Utah. (laughs) I don't. We're average. We are average. Like literally the definition of average. That also applies to Austin. Utah. Utah. Logan's not. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) This is The Curse of Escalante Petrified Forest. I think that's how you pronounce that. Escalante. Yeah. Escalante Park features the beautiful wide hollow reservoir, a campground, boat ramp, restrooms with showers, and two hiking trails that take you past some jaw-dropping, jaw-dropping petrified rock. Sounds I'm like really a cool place. St- I'm really stumbling over my words today. Outside the visitor center, you'll find a 50-foot-long petrified tree. While it is illegal to take anything from the Escalante Petrified Forest State Park, There is a legend that says that anyone who takes pieces of petrified wood from the park will be cursed with bad luck, sickness, and accidents. Park manager Kendall Farnsworth stated in 2014 that he gets about a dozen packages every year containing a piece of wood from the park and an apologetic letter detailing the sender's misfortunes. Wow. So there's proof. There's proof. That's crazy. Whether or not it's 
they think it's this wood or it actually is the wood. Yeah, I don't that's know. true. That's kind of like how people get the, what's that stone that people have been getting and wearing and it's supposed to like change their whole life. You know, oh, I know what you're talking about. But Moldavite. Is it Moldavite? Maybe, yeah. And it's supposed to like. Well, it's also like when doctors give you a placebo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe these people, their things in their life is just not going good and they're mm-hmm. like, well, it must be this wood. Yep. That and I, I guarantee. From this forest. That once they give the wood back, like their life gets better. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, it was definitely the wood. Well, yeah. Maybe it was maybe the it, wood. Maybe it was, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just a quinky dink. Maybe. Or maybe it's the wood. I don't know. That's why it's an urban legend. True, true. This one is kind of messed up. It's in Vermont, and it is the frozen people. Mm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> First appearing in a diary that was published in the late 1800s, the legend of the hibernating old people recounts the tale of a poor family outside of Montpelier who couldn't afford to feed and clothe the oldest members of their family. Their meager food supply was not enough to get them through. Farmers are a tough breed and are problem solvers, though their horrific solution to this dilemma is not for the faint of heart. The family developed a process to freeze some of the members alive and then thaw them out in time to help with the spring planting. What? Yeah. Just wait. They picked the older people to literally hibernate. They literally hibernate like bears. No. No way. Yes way. In this particular story, there were six family members that were frozen. Four men and two women. So they gave them some drugs to, Mm -hmm. like, put them to sleep. Mm -hmm. As the drugs to put them to sleep took effect inside the warm cabin, the family went about their business. Kind of waiting for them to, you know. Go to sleep. Yeah. Be fully unconscious. Once the six were unconscious, they were stripped down to one garment of clothing and carried outside. Vermont's weather then worked its winter magic and slowly the bodies began to freeze. Fingers, toes, and ears began to turn white under the glowing full moon. Have these people never heard of hypothermia? Well, these people are unconscious. I mean, I don't know, kind of in like a, a, in a coma. A, a coma? Hypothermia can put you in a coma. So maybe that's the... And then it kills you. It doesn't take long to kill you, though. That's what I don't understand. How do these people not die? Anyway, mm-hmm. let's continue. Maybe maybe we'll find out. In a few hours, the frozen bodies were then packed into a box with straw to guard against predators for their months of cold storage. Once it was time for them to thaw out, the bodies were dug up and placed into steaming baths of a hemlock potion. After about an hour, color began to return and fingers began to twitch. Family members would rub the bodies continuously and slowly to get the frozen hill people to awaken. They were brought inside and seated next to a roaring fire and given a hearty meal. After just a few hours, those that were frozen appeared to be completely revived and all the more healthy for their four-month sleep. What the hell? No way. So they were like buried in a box (laughs) with some hay straw frozen for like four months and then woke back up again just ready to go these vermont people were a different breed different breed man number six on my list is virginia that is the bunny man 
guy sounds friendly. Um, I wouldn't say that. The Bunny Man's legend starts with what every good urban legend starts with, an insane asylum. Hell yeah. The patients were being moved on a bus that crashed, and the police were able to catch all the patients except one, the Bunny Man. Okay, but like, that's every insane <laughs> asylum story. They're being transferred on a bush. Bush? Ha- bush. <laughs> <laughs> bus. Transferred on a bush. And then it crashed. Have crashed? you seen... Somebody else can't talk today, apparently. Bush crashed. Bush crashed. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Have you seen um the Halloween movie, the 2018 Halloween movie? Um, that's the one with uh Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, she's in all of them though. Well, the original. Hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis. She's in the original. Oh yeah, and she's in the newer ones. Mm -hmm, Yeah. The newer ones is what you're talking about. Yes. I'm I've seen about like the, the one first one. Came out in 2018. Is that the first one? Mm-hmm. It's just I've called Halloween. It. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. Spoiler alert to anyone who hasn't seen it. That's how he gets out of the bus, or that's how he gets loose. Oh, yeah. He's being remember. transferred. Maybe that's what I remember it from. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, where were I? Where was I at? See. Oh, yes. According to the tale, the bunny man lived in the woods and sustained himself off woodland creatures like bunnies, but eventually he attacked humans. Some people reported being attacked by a man with a hatchet. Other tales... Essay? <laughs> Other tales... Essay? Other tales say... I don't know where essay came from. <laughs> That's hilarious. Anyways... Other tales say that groups of teens would see a bright light and then would wind up dead and strung up over a bridge. There have been two incidences. <laughs> two incidences? Two incidents? Is incidences not right? No. Incidences? <laughs> okay. It's incidents, dude. You were talking about me, but crass. Okay. Get it together, guys. There have been two incidents of a man... See, that doesn't just, just sound right to me. <laughs> it is. That's what it is. Okay. Incidences. Like, no, dude. Is that not a word? No. It's incidents. Okay. Okay. Jeez. There have been two incidents of a man and a... <laughs> I'm gonna have to keep all this. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, of a man in a rabbit costume threatening people with an axe. These reports occurred 10 days apart in 1970 in Burke, Virginia. The first incident was reported, and incident doesn't even sound like a word anymore. <laughs> I hate that when I you're know. like saying a word or writing a word and you do it multiple times and you're like, is that how is you that spell even right? it or is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Okay. The first incident was reported the evening of October 19th by U.S. Air Force Academy Cadet Robert Bennett and his fiance, who were visiting relatives in Burke. Around midnight, while returning from a football game, they parked their car in a field to visit an uncle who lived across the street from where the car was parked. As they sat in the front seat with the motor running, they noticed something moving outside their rear window. Moments later, the front... <laughs> Thank you for the sound effects. <laughs> Moments later, the front passenger window was smashed, and there was a white figure standing near... Standing near a broken window <laughs> why'd you say it like that and twice 
I was trying to make my brain comprehend what I was saying. <laughs> I'm having a hard time today. <laughs> Today's not we my day. We keep saying, we are having a hard time today. I know. It's like every episode. Okay. Anyway, there was a, fig- a white figure standing by the window. Gotcha. Okay. Bennett turned the car around while the man screamed at them about trespassing. Quote, you're on private property and I have your tag number. Oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> that was not part of the quote. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> Sorry. As they drove away, they noticed a hatchet on the floor of the car. When police asked what the man looked like, Bennett said he was wearing a white suit with long bunny ears. However, his fiance said he didn't have any bunny ears on his head, but was wearing a white capriote. Caparote. I don't know how to say that word. But it's like those those Catholic hats that are like the really tall and white. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I have been covering like a Catholic story yeah, in the yeah. past two weeks. They're like super tall mm-hmm. and it like covers their face and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. I think it covers their face. Or am I thinking I of the KKK? I was about to say. <laughs> I don't think it covers their face, Kirsten. <laughs> I think it goes down the sides of their head. Yeah, but I don't think it covers their face. I'm definitely You're literally thinking talking of the KKK. About the KKK right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it's big like that. Tall like that. Yeah, sorry. That's I had to adjust about. my microphone. It's okay. Shame this, on you. <laughs> sorry. Shame on me. I'm I'm shamed. I'm shamed. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny. Shame on me, I'm shamed. Okay, anyways. The second sighting happened on the evening of October 29th when construction security guard Paul Phillips approached a man standing on the porch of an unfinished home. He said the man was wearing a gray, black, and white bunny costume and was about 20 years old, 5 feet 8 inches tall, and weighed about 175 pounds. The man began chopping at a porch post with a long-handled axe saying, quote, you are trespassing. If you come any closer, I'll chop your head off, end quote. I said end quote that time. Good job. The Fairfax County... <laughs> Sorry the... if it's noisy today. We're in the camping chairs and we're trying to get like a new setup, so... We're working on it. Mm-hmm. The Fairfax County Police opened investigations for both incidents, but both were eventually closed for lack of evidence. In the weeks following the incidents, more than 50 people contacted the police claiming to have seen the bunny man. That's rough. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be one of those 50 people. Why would somebody dress up as a bunny anyway? Just to terrorize people. I mean, that's he escaped so from the insane asylum, Oh, that's remember? true. Maybe he's just mentally Not, not that every there. mental person is crazy. And but not if that you're any a- mentally people... Mental... <laughs> <can't say> it. <laughs> <laughs> she said... <laughs> <laughs> not saying that if you're mentally ill you are crazy but if they're in a mental asylum well that something is going on something is going on and they probably just need help, help. that's all jinx pinch pokey on me a coke no it's jinx One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> okay are we five <laughs> you owe me so many cokes dude. ten apparently i could have kept going it's 11 12 <laughs> okay okay up next we're on to washington and everybody knows what this is i want to go there i want to visit forks i want to visit the twilight house oh my gosh you're such a nerd (laughs) she said i want to go there i want to visit the twilight house i do i want to go to the beach and stuff. you can stay in that house you know that too expensive 
I don't really want to stay in it. I just want to, like, go there. Go and see, like, Bella's old house, Edward's old house, and go to, like, La Push. Like, what's La Push? Oh, the beach. beach. Kirsten doesn't watch Twilight, people. It's it's cringy. I know, but that's why I like it. It's, like, part of my middle school childhood. I love those movies. I've listened to all the audiobooks. I don't. I've watched them. You don't even give them a the chance. The only one I liked. I don't like Twilight, but I'll definitely watch Teen Wolf. Absolutely. Oh and I will definitely visit Covington, Georgia and see Mystic Falls from Vampire Diaries. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah, let's go. I'm down. Road trip. You can right. drink like blood, bli- blood bags there. Hashtag girls trip. Hashtag girls trip. Hashtag vacay. You know we'd still bring Austin and Logan. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> They would not let us go by ourselves. No, for sure. They'd be I like, don't want to um, go by myself. No, Please not that far. That's like a 12-hour drive. Maybe not quite that far. Georgia? Maybe it's a 10-hour drive. It's a one-hour flight from Indianapolis. To Georgia? Mm-hmm. One hour? Well, from Georgia to Indy. But would it be cheaper to drive? Depends. On the gas? Yeah. Price of gas. It takes me like... I think a full tank of gas to get to Tennessee. Yeah. We can usually get to, like, where we go in Tennessee Mm -hmm. on, like, a tank and, like, a quarter tank. Mm. It's, like, just a little bit more. And it usually costs us, like, $40. Not bad. My gas tank costs, like, $50 plus to fill up. Dang. I have a big gas tank, though. Anyways. Anyway. Let's get On a tangent. Yeah. So everybody knows what this is about. And if you don't, you probably live under a rock. Um, it's Bigfoot. Duh. Also referred to as Sasquatch, which, um, fun fact, that's my husband's nickname. He's He's very hairy. (laughs) (laughs) I am keeping that. If you're listening to this, he's not going to listen. Probably not. (laughs) She said, he's very hairy. (laughs) Gross. I'm just saying. I can say that. Yeah. I've known him longer than yeah. you. Okay. But he's your husband. You got me there. That really doesn't matter. I honestly thought Bigfoot and Sasquatch were different things. They Isn't, were... like, Sasquatch the branding of um, Slim Jims? It is a brand. I don't think it's... No, that's Jack Link's. There we go. But Sas- I think Sasquatch is a brand of jerky. Well, I thought it was advertising for a certain jerky brand. Oh, it might be. It is. It is. But I thought it was like Slim Jims. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Anyways, we but, keep going um, on tangents, bro. The Bigfoot is like the American version. Sasquatch oh. is like the Canadian version. Oh, okay. Well, okay. they're probably more likely to see it than we are. Yeah. Anyway, it's an internationally recognizable name. And of course. And has been spotted all over the country. Of course. But mainly in Washington State. Alleged observations of Bigfoot describe the creature as large, muscular, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. bipedal, ape-like creature, which just means, like, walks on its back legs. Okay. Roughly six to nine feet tall. Yikes. And covered in black, dark brown, or dark reddish hair. Mm-hmm. Some descriptions, however, say he's as tall as 10 to 15 feet. That would be scary as hell. I guess it's not necessarily he. I can't assume his gender. <laughs> Oh, it's cool. gender. I can't it's a Bigfoot, whatever it is. It could be 10 to 15 tall. So anywhere from 6 to, to 15. 15 feet. Damn. That's a big ass person. thing. I'm going to call it a person. A person, okay. Some reports describe Bigfoot as having 
a more manlike human face. Mm-hmm. Um, rock carvings have been found of a quote hairy man that are estimated to be five hundred to a thousand years old. Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah. So Bigfoot has been around for a long time, longer than I knew. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know that either. Um, Washington has had over 2,000 sightings of Bigfoot. Hmm. California has had 16, over six, I said, did I say 2,000? Okay, yeah. yeah. California has had over 1,600. Pennsylvania, over 1,300. New York and Oregon, over 1,000. And Texas, over 18, or 800. How does this dude go from the upper half of the U.S. and then it goes to Texas? I don't know. Does Texas even have woods? Oh, I'm sure. I thought Texas was, like, deserty. That's true. I don't know. I've never been to Texas. Texas people, let us know. Is there, like, wooded areas? Or is it dry, dusty, dirty, dirt? Not dirty. Dirty dirt. <laughs> Not dirty. Like, dirty. She said dirty dirt. dirt. <laughs> you know what I mean. Bigfoot sightings peaked in the 1970s and has been regarded as the first widely popularized example of pseudoscience in American culture. Nice. And I looked up the definition of pseudoscience. Mm-hmm. It consists of statements, beliefs, or practices that claim to be both scientific and factual, but are incompatible with the scientific method. Okay. So pseudoscience is like, it could be true. There's like evidence that it could be true, but not right. scientifically. Right. So yeah, Bigfoot. Hmm. Sorry. Okay, it's okay. I'll just make sure you were you were good. I'm ready now. Okay. In West Virginia, we have the Mothman. Oh my god. Guys, don't bring back the Mothman meme. And I don't even I don't even know what that is. You don't? No. How do you not know what that is? I don't no, know what I'm that joking. is. I'm joking. You can bring back the Mothman meme. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know what you're talking about. Just literally Google Mothman meme and you'll find it. Okay, I'll look it up later. I have never heard of the Mothman before. You live under a rock. <laughs> no. <laughs> People who haven't heard of Bigfoot live under a rock. <laughs> it's literally a huge meme, dude. Is it I really? I don't know how you don't Is know about it. Is it that huge? Yes. Well, everyone knows about the Mothman. Well, apparently not everybody because I don't. Under a rock. Okay. The Mothman is a humanoid creature reportedly seen in the Point Pleasant area from November 15th, 1966 to December 15th. 1967. Remember last week we were talking about how everything's close to our birthday? Mm-hmm. November 15th, or December 15th. That's Crazy. the day after my birthday. He was spotted flying around along with shining lights and the men in black. Apparently the men in black are like... Like the FBI? A CIA real agent. type of thing. You know the movies, yeah. the men in black? Those are based off of, not real, but like real stories. I know. I didn't know that. You didn't? Nope. I've seen, I want to say I've seen the first Minute Black. I've seen all of them, but I the one with Chris Hemsworth or Liam one. Hemsworth, whichever one is in that one. Maybe the first and second one? I don't know. I know I've seen some of them. The third one is my favorite. It was really cute and it made me cry. You need to watch it if you haven't. Okay. On November 15th, 1966, two young couples from Point Pleasant told police they saw a large gray creature whose eyes were glowing red. They described it as a large flying man with 10-foot wings. During the next few days, other people reported similar sightings. 
Two volunteer firemen said it was a large bird with red eyes. A wildlife biologist told reporters that descriptions and sightings fit those of the sandhill crane, which is a large American crane, almost as tall as a man, with a seven-foot wingspan and a reddish circle around the eyes. Whoa. But the Mothman's origins have been claimed a supernatural alien or government experiment gone wrong despite the description of the, pl- of the crane. Of the plane? Of the plane, yeah. But Point Pleasant has embraced the monster, erecting a statue, creating a museum, and even dedicating a festival to him. Another festival <laughs> dedicated to this Mothman. Last time I said, remember, any, everybody yeah. will find anything to celebrate about. Man, any any reason to have a party? They're like, hell yeah, let's go. Um, in 2002, a film starring Richard Gere called The Mothman Prophecies was released. So there's even movies on this guy. Surprising. That really could just turn out to be a crane. <laughs> That's funny. And people thought... That's funny to think about. It was a man. Yeah. I bet you didn't know that about this Mothman that's so popular. No, I really didn't. <laughs> I'm just I just thought it was a meme. No. That's funny. It's real. Number nine, we have Wisconsin. It is Boy Scout Lane. The story of what exactly happened at Boy Scout Lane varies, but they all end with the same conclusion. A group of Boy Scouts died on the road. This happened in the 1950s or 1960s. And there were a whole lot of variations of this story. A whole lot of possibilities of what actually happened. So, I just um, named a couple. In some stories, there was a bus crash with no survivors. In other stories, they were murdered by their bus driver. Or they mysteriously vanished into the woods one by one. In other versions of the legend, a small group of scouts leave their camp during the night and accidentally drop their lantern, resulting in a forest fire that kills the entire troop. Ouch. In most variations, it is said that the dead scouts haunt the forest where they died and can be heard hiking through the undergrowth, or their lights can be seen at night as they seek hope for their fellow scouts. Visitors have reported seeing a swinging body in the trees and feeling as though they are being watched and finding child-sized handprints in different places throughout the forest. That's crazy. No one really knows what exactly happened, but something happened. Yeah, for sure. And a group of Boy Scouts went missing. Last but not least, on this long journey of 50 United States, we have Wyoming. And it is the story of Devil's Rock. There's no scientific consensus of why Devil's Rock looks the way it does, but one Native American creation story attributes the landmark's shape to a tragedy. According to the story, a large group of Cheyenne girls were attacked and killed by a bear. Two escaped and found help from two boys who convinced the girls to act as bait. They climbed to the top of the tower and the bear tried to follow. The boys shot arrows at the bear and it finally gave up, leaving scratches all the way down the rock. As it slid down. Oh, wow. So, I looked at pictures, and I'll mm-hmm. post pictures on the Twitter and the Facebook and stuff, of, it's just a big rock, mm-hmm. and it's got, like, lines. They literally look like scratch marks down the mm-hmm. side of this, this crazy rock. It doesn't... But it's really large. 
Like, it's huge. Yeah, but I don't understand why it's Devil's Rock. I don't know. I guess because they don't really know where it came from. Yeah. But it sounds to me like people think it was a bear. Gotcha. Yep. But that was the end of my very long series. It was cool. Um, so. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'll be moving on to something else next week. Yep. Something new. Not quite sure what it's going to be yet, but. We'll, we'll get there. Tune in and find out. Yep. But that's it for me for this week. It was and awesome. And I will see you guys in the next one. See you. Bye.